1: This episode is brought to you by my free online workshop, 10 Truths to Crush Homeschool Burnout. Whether you're a veteran homeschool mom or just starting out, come get some encouragement and practical solutions in this free class. You can find it at 41more.com forward slash burnout. Welcome to episode 62. You can find the show notes at 41more.com forward slash 62. This is an exciting episode. Podcast episode because I was able to sit down with Connor Boyack, the founder and president of Libertas Institute, a free market think tank in Utah. But what is so exciting is. We talk about his book, Passion Driven Education, and I think every homeschool parent needs to read this book. It's going to give you a lot of things to think about. It's going to change your mindset, especially if you're coming out of a public school um, educational model and you're not quite sure how homeschooling can be and the best it can be. I think this book is going to really give you some great ideas, uh, along with this conversation I had with Connor. He's also the author of the Tuttle Twins series, which is um, a book series for kids in the ages 5 to 11 range, and it introduces them to some pretty complex topics um, like the free market and inflation and the proper role of government, things that you might not think to talk to your kids about, but these books are going to open up a great conversation even with your youngest kids. I know we've experienced that in my own home, so I'm excited for you to hear from Connor, and I think you're going to really enjoy this interview. Everything we mentioned will be linked in the show notes at 41 more.com forward slash 62. And so let's jump right in. Here's my interview with Connor Boyack. Connor, thanks for joining us on today's podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I first heard about you because I think a friend of mine um, ordered your Tuttle Twins books. So Facebook started putting your ads in my feed and I ignored them for a while, but Facebook was persistent. I finally clicked. I wanted to learn more and then I was hooked. I ordered your Tuttle Twin uh, like bundle, 11 books that came. My six year old and 11 year old have read them all within the last couple weeks. They are so excited about what they're learning. And then I, you know, you're new on my radar. So I didn't realize that you had also written books for parents. So I picked up your passion-driven education book and I just read that this week. So I know that I'm not alone. My audience, some of them might know who you are, some have not. So if you could just briefly introduce yourself to my audience and tell us what it is that you do.
0: Absolutely. So uh, I call myself a full-time freedom fighter. I run a nonprofit that's involved in changing hearts, minds, and laws in favor of freedom. So we write a lot, we publish a lot, we do a lot of videos and events, but then we also go about doing kind of like political campaigns, not to elect people, but to get laws changed. And so we'll, we'll do you know, press conferences and we'll uh, do legal strategy meetings and trying to figure out how we can actually change the law to get rid of bad laws, to create more freedom. And uh, I'm a father of two children. We homeschool our kids. And uh, I was not homeschooled myself. My mom still apologizes to this day that uh, she didn't think to homeschool. Uh, although we grew up in California where that just wasn't really a thing in the 80s. And so, uh, but we homeschool our kids. We, we have a lot of fun with it. And along the way with my career, it's led to, as I say, a lot of education, writing a lot of books, uh, and the Tuttle Twins books kind of evolved out of that. Um, But, you know, I've I've learned a lot along the way. And so I love writing books just to be able to kind of share what I've learned and and kind of encourage and motivate others uh, along the way as well.
1: Let's talk about some of the main ideas in your book, Passion Driven Education. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes. I want every homeschool parent to grab this book because... I mean, even homeschool parents who traditionally homeschool, this really challenges us to think outside the even traditional homeschool box where it's so much more structured. So you say on page 128, the goal of passion-driven education is to preserve and perpetuate the senses of awe and excitement all young children inherently have, fueling a lifelong love of learning. Can you elaborate on this idea?
0: So um, I've spoken at a lot of homeschool conferences over the years. And this book was kind of born out of a presentation that I started developing for that audience. And my observation, I used to be on our state's Homeschool uh, Education Association and uh, been very involved in the homeschool community. My observation has been that a lot of parents, especially those who are kind of quote unquote homeschooling during the COVID crisis, they're, they're replicating school in the home. They are literally homeschooling. And um, I, there are a lot of pluses with that, um, especially with how toxic some of the school environments can be. Simply removing a child from those environments has its upsides. But I do think that the schooling structure itself creates a lot of complications. And I'll, I'll put it this way for myself. As a father of more than one child, I know that my children are different and any parent of more than one child knows that their children are much different. They are interested in different things. They learn in different ways. They're motivated uh, and respond to different things. They're more um, attentive to certain kinds of discipline than, you know, the other child. And as a father, I don't want to imprint onto my children society's expectations of who they should be, right? Some faceless curriculum committee or board of education said you know all children must learn these things by this date in this order and that's what we're going to you know put all the kids on a conveyor belt in this industrial education schooling system and you will all be molded and imprinted in the same way as a father i don't want that for my children i don't want them to be a cog in some machine i don't want to to imprint on them as a template like a blank slate who others think they should be i believe that my children come kind of Prepackaged, packaged if you will, with their own personalities and, you know, destinies and life uh, motivations and what they are kind of uh, going to focus on. I instead, as a father, rather than imprinting something else onto them, I feel it's my duty to help them discover who they are, what their unique mission is in life. And clearly I want to support them and provide them the necessary, you know, uh, tools and critical thinking and education to help them in that journey. But, what that means is it inherently looks different for different children. Um, you know, some children might res, uh, be interested in going down a totally different path than another child. And if you make them all sit in a chair, whether in a homeschool or a public school or whatever, and learn the same things, at the same time we miss out, they miss out on more quickly discovering who they are on being able to develop their strengths and pursue their life mission uh, to the fullest extent that they might otherwise be with a little bit of educational freedom. So, Obviously, this kind of lends itself better to a homeschooling environment where you have the time, the capacity, the freedom to be able to make those adjustments. But I've seen in my life the benefits that come from having that education freedom. And it's something as a father that I want for my children. And so this is kind of the model that we have pursued to facilitate that.
1: So this model should actually take the pressure off of homeschool parents because they don't have to create some love of learning. You're saying it's naturally there. They need to nurture it. Is that kind of, do you agree with that statement?
0: Yes. uh, That, that I think is the biggest burnout that let's be clear. It's mostly the moms, the homeschooling Mm -hmm. moms experience. They, for whatever reason, you know, okay, I'm pulling my kids out of school. And then immediately that, that weight falls on their shoulders of, I need to be the math teacher and the English teacher and the social studies teacher. This instead is a framework where the parent is learning alongside with the children and the parent is really just a resource provider. The child is like, hey, I want to go learn about these things or do these things or whatever. The parent is just, you know, finding them the online tools or taking them to the online uh, to the event or, you know, helping them uh, connect with the resources that they need. Um, So it's really more of kind of a mentor or a resource provider. And that's, I mean, any parent can Google, any Mm -hmm. parent can chauffeur. Any parent can, can do those types of things. And then it's fun for the parent cause they get to learn alongside the child rather than, um, I, I feel like one of the problems with school is the teachers are kind of perceived as these know-it-all, uh, no, know, it alls mm-hmm. right? Like I am the source of information. You need to trust me. And, and I'm going to kind of dis, uh, uh, distill it all into your mind. This is a different model where the parent is not positioning themselves as a know-it-all. It's like, well, I don't know, let's figure it out together. or Let's find that together. And it kind of helps cultivate a lot more of that curiosity and that sense of awe that, that you read um, when the parent is kind of a, a partner with the child in learning things and doing things rather than perceived as, I know everything, so you should listen to me. It takes a lot of the weight off the, the shoulders of the parent mm-hmm. for sure.
1: Yeah, and and I see a lot of parents trying to revert back to what you call the factory model of education because if that's all we've known, it's hard to change. I, I do have friends who have been homeschooling through this pandemic and they're thinking of doing it for real in the fall, but they are overwhelmed because they've only known that one model. So what encouragement would you give them or how can you start small with this? Like how do you dip your toes into this kind of education model?
0: Um, so I when I started homeschooling, I heard some counsel that I've now shared with others, and I I think there's a lot of utility to it, that you need a period of almost de-schooling between traditional schooling and, you know, homeschooling, whatever your homeschool looks like. Uh, Parents who jump from one immediately into the other, you know, you experience a little bit of shock and inevitably you try one thing, it doesn't work. So you try another thing and another thing, this curriculum and that structure, unschooling and, I think a period of transition time in the middle, where it's just like, let's reconnect as a family. Let's just chill out. Let's have no serious expectations. Let's just read books. We'll, we'll read, you know, a, a couple chapters a day in this book, and just spend time together and low stress reconnect, reform those bonds. I've seen that as the best um, opportunity for parents to kind of slowly work their way into figuring out what homeschooling like looks like for them. I should also note that the real hook with passion driven education that we talk about in the book is you're customizing it for each child. So for example, right now, my son is really interested in Pokemon. At the time I wrote the book, it was Mm -hmm. angry birds. Um, And so I share in the book, how with angry birds, you know, well, the birds go up and then they come down. So I can talk to my son about physics, right? Science, things like gravity and all these concepts that if I sat him down and said, Hey son, let me teach you about physics. Or if I gave him a worksheet about physics, it's like I'm speaking to him in a different language. I'm, I'm forcing him to learn the language of this abstract art of you know, science or whatever and then learn the material. Instead, if I speak to him in a language he's already kind of fluent in, if I help him make sense of the Angry Birds universe, uh, he doesn't perceive that as a foreign language. He doesn't perceive that as drudgery or homework. Frankly, he loves it because I am helping him make sense of a world that he's already curious about. He wants to learn everything he can about Angry Birds. Or now it's Pokemon. And so we can do art. We can talk about manufacturing. We can, you know, how you get these cards. We can talk about how these things are made and how businesses are operated. We can talk about, uh, you know, uh, how to design a comic book and what processes go into that. And all kinds of things uh, that as a child's interests change over time, you as a parent are kind of tuned into, well, what are they like right now? And what are the hooks where I can... You know, I can have them write a, you know, an essay, a persuasive essay about why this Pokemon is better than that one. And suddenly they're writing, but they love it because they're, they get to make their arguments about why I'm right. But they don't realize that they're improving their handwriting and their writing skills. So, so it's amazing because the, the children are naturally curious about these things that they want to know. And it's a massive opportunity for us as parents to say, Well, I can get them learning about all kinds of things without it's like a dog treat where you know the pill is hidden inside the treat, the dog doesn't know that there's medicine in there. It's like, oh, it's a treat. It's kind of that same way with kids, it's like they don't realize that this is actually a devious plot by parents to like teach them all kinds of things when in fact the kids are just like, this is amazing. I get to think about and do Pokemon or My Little Ponies or Barbies or whatever all the time. When in reality, you're just honoring their individuality and their interests, but you're helping educate them along the way. Uh, it's just it's, it's a lot of fun, um, I think, and especially myself as a child. Like to be uh, thinking when I was a child, to be told that rather than sitting down and opening my textbook and learning all these other things, if I could spend my whole day focusing on transformers, you know, back in the day or GI Joe, I, I would have been like, "This is amazing! Like I want to do this all the time." So it's just it's it's fun, and it's a way where we as parents can, uh, I think, better honor the the unique. Uh, personalities and interests of each of our children rather than demanding that they conform to someone else's expectations.
1: Yeah. And in your book, you do give a lot of practical examples. So I loved that it wasn't just theory. You gave kind of the down and how does this look like on a daily basis, like you were just talking about. So I, that was really helpful. Now you've not only written books for parents, but for kids as well. So let's kind of transition to the Tuttle Twins books. And can you kind of tell us why you wrote these books and you know what yeah. was your reason?
0: So the Tuttle Twins children's books are for ages roughly 5 to 11. We have 11 in our children's series. We've got some books for teenagers as well and, and some, you know, card game and some other project uh, products. This all stemmed from me as a father coming home at the end of the day wanting to share with my children what the heck I did all day. You know, how do you talk to an 8-year-old about eminent domain? How do you how do you talk to a 6-year-old about inflation? Uh, or about protectionism and, you know, problems with the economy. Um, so I went on Amazon years ago, five or so years ago, and I was looking for a book that would kind of help introduce, you know, free market ideas for kids or conservative values or whatever. And there wasn't really anything, um, nothing that I felt kind of hit that sweet spot of, of talking about principles. And so I was kind of bummed and spent a week or two kind of, you know, uh, if only there were something. And then I realized, you know, you dolt, you talk about entrepreneurship all the time. <laughs> Here's an opportunity to, you know, try. So we did the first book, uh, The Tuttle Twins learn About the Law, all about, you know, individual rights and justice and what is the proper role of government and so forth. And, uh, and the response was amazing. Uh, there were so many parents who wanted the same thing for their children that I uh, and Elijah, who's the illustrator, that, that we wanted for our children. And so that was kind of a signal to us that there was a demand for this type of material that, you know, parents couldn't really find anywhere else. Um, Yes. Number one, to kind of teach children these ideas, but I think more importantly to facilitate conversations between parents and children about real things that are happening in the world and helping open children's eyes to the way the world works um, in a way that teachers and textbooks don't really cover in the schools and frankly, in a way that a lot of parents who might kind of agree with these things or want to talk to their children about, they just don't know how to communicate in that language, just as I initially didn't and was struggling to figure out how to talk to kids. So for us, they're really just conversation starters and uh, a way to kind of introduce these ideas. And uh, the response has been amazing. I mean, we now translate these books into a dozen languages. We've got you know tens of thousands of copies uh, distributed all around the world. Here in America, we're just past, I think, 800,000 copies. Uh, the, the response is really exciting to see.
1: I totally agree with you about the conversation starters. When, we, when one of my kids finishes the book, they're so excited to come and tell what they just learned, and it's blowing their mind, right? It's, it's these <laughs> concepts that kids don't think about normally, right? It's a little bit higher than what they normally think of on a day-to-day, but mm-hmm. my kids are really loving it. Um, I kind of geeked out because I have my copy of The Creature from Jekyll Isle that I loved as a teenager, right? And then I realized you take these complex books that adults love or, you know, teenagers, and then you change them into things that kids can understand. So um, can you give us an example of like one of these books that you took that, you know, an adult would read and what your kid book uh, that complements that would be?
0: Yeah, there's uh, each of our children's books are based off of an original, you know, classic essay or book. Uh, A lot of people, for example, are familiar with Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand. Uh, And so we have the Tuttle Twins and the Search for Atlas, which talks about similar principles minus the sex and the objectivism that are in her original book. But, you know, about valuing people's worth and about being able to earn what you or keep what you earn and, and the dangers of socialism. Um, we've got, uh, a book called, uh, there's a really, uh, wonderful book called economics in one lesson by Henry Hazlitt. So we turned that into the Tuttle twins and the food truck fiasco. Um, we have a, a book called, uh, there's an essay really popular, famous essay called I pencil. It's all about the autobiography of a pencil and how I don't have any here on my desk right now, but, uh, you know, the common pencil, uh, is cheap. It's easy. It's simple. And yet no one knows how to make it because it in fact requires the the skills and the collaboration of millions of people. You think about, okay, you need wood, but the guy who cuts down the wood needs a chainsaw. He doesn't know how to make a chainsaw. And the chainsaw manufacturer, they buy the metal from their supplier. They don't know how to you know smelt or mine ore and the people who mine the ore, they need roads to transport it on, otherwise they, you know, wouldn't be able to get it anywhere. They don't know how to build roads or trucks or so all these things are kind of interdependent. We're seeing that right now, I think, with COVID, where when certain businesses are shut down, it has this ripple effect in the economy where, you know, everyone's so interdependent on one another in the economy. And so iPencil is really this amazing essay to say something as simple as a pencil, no one actually knows how to make. It's the product of all these people from different you know races and religions and languages all working together without even really realizing it, right There's no like pencil president or or Czar of pencil production, um, but that's the amazing aspect of the free market and it, it helps all of us and improves our world. so we took that essay and turned it into the Tuttle Twins and the Miraculous Pencil and share a similar story about how these things are made and by extension, how. Everything is made and how amazing it is when as uh, having a free market, we can all work together to produce the things that we need and want. So each of our books kind of follow that format and distill down the key ideas from each book into kind of this rapid in this fun story in a way that kids can follow along with, be able to kind of observe in the story how the ideas kind of take effect or how they're relevant. And then come away from that, having a you know, bigger vocabulary and understanding a little bit about, as you said earlier, some kind of more complex ideas that get them thinking at a higher level than they were before. Mm-hmm.
1: Now, if parents want to go deeper and they love the concepts you present in the Tuttle Twin books, what else do you have? I know you have some curriculum options. Can you tell us about those?
0: Yeah. So as I said, we've got 11 books in the children's series. We've got three in our teen series. Um, and then last fall, we launched a curriculum. This is a weekly curriculum where every uh, Monday morning we send out that week's lesson. Everyone starts at, you know, Unit One, Lesson One when they sign up. And it's to basically learn free market economics together as a family, really. Uh, the material that we provide every week there's activities or lessons for younger kids and for older kids. Um, and so children of any age can benefit. We provide Uh, introductory material for each lesson discussion we call them uh, dinner conversation starters so that as you're learning that concept you can talk about it as a family and so then week by week the family gets to learn free market economics and really have a better understanding which frankly with what's happening in the world right now I think is essential and you know the schools don't provide this stuff and pretty much any curriculum doesn't so that we call it free market rules kind of a double entendre right like the rules of the free market but also yeah the free market rules and uh, and so uh, interested parents can find that or you can link it at the show notes page it's uh, freemarket.tuttletwins.com
1: Awesome. You have so many amazing resources. I think you're right. Like they're, they're in a world all their own. We don't have a lot in this, in these categories for homeschooling parents. So thank you for writing them. And, um, I really want everyone to check them out as we finish up here. Um, do you have any parting words of encouragement for homeschool parents who this resonates with? They want to fuel that lifelong learning with their kids. Can you give us some last minute words of encouragement?
0: You know uh, I don't think there is such a thing as failure when it comes to homeschooling. I think parents set themselves up with all this stress, thinking like what what if my child doesn't learn and what if I'm not good enough and what if you know I, I frankly don't think that there's any failure as long as you know you're basically just trying and and stumbling through it and you know reading to your children and experimenting and and uh, pointing them in the right direction, I really don't think there's, there's failure. I, I am a product of public schooling, um, but I retained very, 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 very little of what I learned. I would memorize, as we all did, you know, I'd memorize for a test and then I'd kind of dump it from my brain. And I didn't care about anything. Uh, I cheated uh, often through school because, you know, what was important was getting that grade, not necessarily learning things of, you know, that were of value to me. And, uh, you know, and I turned out pretty well, (laughs) because for me, as I say, in passion driven education, I share the story how when I finally graduated from college, I had this freedom, I could learn what I wanted, I had the mental energy to focus on what I wanted. And I had this transformation that now as a father, I'm like, I don't want my children to kind of have drudgery, 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 learn, learn, learn what I'm telling you. And then suddenly you have freedom later on. So for homeschooling parents, I think the key here is that to the extent that we can Um, give our children that flexibility and that freedom to learn what interests them, to be excited and curious about the world around them, they'll turn out okay. Uh, I think we as parents often kind of are are our own worst critics, especially so when it comes to homeschooling, because we're assuming that extra role of, uh, of teacher. But the encouragement I would give is now seeing on the other side, all of these kids going, you know, whether to college or starting businesses or whatever, I really haven't seen the homeschooling child who's an abysmal failure. Um, You know, and and those homeschooling environments have been structured or unschooling. It's looked all over the map, but um, I would just encourage all of us, myself included, because I criticize myself all the time that uh, we're doing all right. And especially so if we've given our children more, freedom and more empowerment for their own lives than they would get in like a public schooling type system. We've already kind of given them a a leg up. Um, I think we just need to be a little more patient with ourselves and, uh, recognize that our kids are doing great and they're going to turn out great.
1: Thank you for that encouragement. And I really appreciate your time today. Thank you so much for sharing what you have to offer. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for tuning in to this conversation with Connor. I know you're going to want to check out everything we mentioned in today's podcast. So head on over to 41more.com forward slash 62 and I'll link up all his resources there. In the meantime, happy homeschooling.